You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You are listening live with Piper Carter. We are actually streaming on YouTube live mm. right now. So just really excited. I really hope that the live is uh, <laughs> is going live. It's hard to tell. I'm going to play it from my phone because on my computer it's a little bit interesting, but we're just testing it out right now. So how you doing, Brittany? How you doing, Deja? How you doing, Jaira? What's up, y'all? Doing good. How you guys doing? I'm great. Good too. All right. How was your week? My week is good. <laughs> just work. I did have a chance to link up with, shout out to GMAC, I went to Kibalon Village on Saturday, that was my first time there, so that was pretty cool, got a chance to take the tour, that's, uh, that's, I don't know if you guys have been there, it was my first time there, but it's like a martial arts and uh, youth, youth village, and it's, they've been over there since the 70s, and just the upkeep of the building and how big the building is. And then like all the different rooms, training rooms that they have for all the different martial art programs is unreal. I've never seen anything like it. So that was pretty dope. All right. What about you, Dave? Um, my week was pretty boring. I don't have anything to report. I just went to work. Oh, actually, I did the coding thing earlier this week. Um, How was that? It was pretty cool. I just, it was... I'm sorry, it was a Zoom call. We just, um, like the other people that were learning in there and I, we were just watching the um, instructor create, like a what, or really edit a web page with coding. Um, he was explaining the lines and the different terms um, and talking about some different languages in coding. And it was just pretty cool. It was informative, but. I was turning in my bed when I was watching it, so I kind of fell asleep at the very end of it. That's I don't cool, think though. I missed very much of it, but yeah, it was cool. I do want to get more into it. Um, it was through Grand Circus, and it was free, so if anyone out there is interested, you guys should look into them. They're pretty cool. That's cool. Was it like a Zoom session, Deja? Mm-hmm. So he had his computer screen on screen and there was this website that we were using. It was called like Code Cody or something like that. I forgot what its name is, but um, yeah, there was an instructional kind of, I can't think of what the word for it is, but it was like an assignment that you had to do while he was teaching to explain, like it was, you're basically doing what he did. And that okay, was that's cool. Yeah, he had so this. Like hands on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I had fun doing it, and I kind of knew what it was already. 
um, just from like editing my Tumblr page back in the day. It was kind of like okay. having a MySpace page. But yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed okay. it. I was like, wow, I've been, I already kind of knew what it was, but I didn't know what I was doing. So, what would you say Grand Circus is? Like, describe the website for the listeners. Um, well, Grand Circus is a company, it's a tech company. Um, mm-hmm. I believe, but they also do teach people. And they're Detroit based. Very nice. Mm-hmm. But so wait, Jaira, what's up, man? Hey everyone, how's how are you? What up, though? What's up, Jaira? How was your week? It was pretty cool. Just been um studying and trying to learn Linux and getting into coding as well. More I you know, iOS out development. Okay. How's it going? To learn more about that. Yeah, it's going pretty well. I'm about to get Linux on an Android phone. I, I took a phone. From, my mom had like an extra phone laying around that she wasn't using. And I'm about to um, turn it into a Linux device and use that like on a go just to learn. And um, that's just smart. Exercise. You guys are so cool learning all this coding stuff and <laughs> sounding like the Matrix. So wait, Deja, what's mm-hmm. up with Tumblr? Because I remember Tumblr used to be like kind of hot, like kind of big. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, like, do people still use Tumblr? Like, where is it in the sphere? Um, I think people still use it. I actually got back on it because I started seeing more interior design stuff on my Twitter. Mm. And um, it just reminded me of like, my Tumblr days so I actually got back on it just so that I could look at like nice houses like luxury houses but yeah what Um, about you guys Brittany Jaira do y'all did y'all ever were y'all ever into the Tumblr sphere no I I never used I wasn't but I do like I've seen people's pages and I do like the photography on there yeah I used to use it to write too like as a nice yeah, just kind of as a a canvas. How Man, does it differ? Uh, tum- I used to be in the Tumblr so tough. I used to have uh, all my, you know, when I when I would collect images or, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of kind of like a, a second blog or whatever. Yeah, and I used to like be on Tumblr, just like, and I what I really loved about Tumblr was the all the creativity that was on there and so mm-hmm. many um people would just have these really cool you know tumblr pages and they would yeah. find images like on tumblr people would just find these amazing images that were just not anywhere else and it was right. just like a certain aesthetic and you know i loved it, it. <laughs> tumblr was a time Tumblr what did you guys say made people like kind of drift away from it? Was it another, did, like another platform come out that like? Um, Twitter gained more popularity, I think, and then Tumblr okay. started restricting more things. Understood. Okay. Yeah, and I think like Tumblr just kind of became like MySpace, like it became. Yeah. Because it used to have a, a bit more of like an open you know, it was like a bit more open, but then 
Yeah, like Deja said. So then it just and Instagram kind of got more popular too. Oh uh, man, yeah, because Tumblr used to just be like if you knew, you know. I got you. It yeah, was like every, cool people. I can't say everybody had a Tumblr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And you know, you would find like rare images of like you know uh your favorite stars and like she said like people would write on there so you'd find rare stories about people a lot of rare articles like just you know a lot of really really cool creative stuff was on there but um i think also too tumblr did have a very myspacey type of feel and so um the community was a bit more insular than a lot of the other communities you know what I mean? Because then, like, um, you know, there were certain, you know how, like, people will, like, post a lot, a lot, a lot? So certain people became kind of, like, experts on Tumblr, you know, with the images or whatever, or their page or their creativity. Yeah, and, like, popular. Yeah, and, like, certain images would become popular, and then it was kind of the thing where it was, like, people would copy other people's images, but it's like the internet space. So it's like kind of like reposting, retweeting, but then Tumblr was kind of this place where people were really trying to post, you know, stuff that you couldn't find other places or like original stuff. And so the the usage became different because the original users were on there for the uniqueness of it. And then as it gained popularity, it started to have a similar feeling like Facebook, where people were just reposting stuff. So it did, it kind of lost that sort of specialness. You know what I mean? Like you would go on Tumblr and try to find something rare, but then after a while, you'd go on there and it was like the same couple of images just like circulating, you know? Something like that. I don't know. That was my take. Like, what would you say, Deja? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like stuff kind of got regurgitated is what you're saying? Yeah, because like I, yeah. I when I first used to go on there, you'd see, you know, painters would put their artwork up and all this kind of thing. And then after a while, um, you know, if people see, you know, social media is people use it to be social. So they see stuff and they repost it. But like people would say, oh, they're stealing my images. Right. But some people mm-hmm. are not there to actually like steal images. It's just the way they use the Internet is reposting, you know. So it just had, it, it started to have a different user. It wasn't the user who was on there to find something different and unique. It was like just another social media for people. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah, so that's the interesting. Yeah, so I don't know, like um, I'm, we're, we're trying this live uh, on YouTube this time. And it's pretty interesting because right now it just shows up a, a the words and so um gotta try to figure out how to get the zoom to show uh the picture you know so anyway that'll be something we figure out but i don't know like where should we start do you want to start with the tech report we can if you want yeah let's see so tell us what's going on in the world gyra all right, so this one takes place in South Korea. Um, over, it was on November 26th. Uh, 
this guy named Joe, no, Cho Joe Bin, Cho 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 Joe Bin. I'm probably saying it wrong, but that's Cho Joe Bin. I think that's how you pronounce it, or just Cho. Um, he is a so-called mastermind on um, exploitation of chat rooms, as far as like getting um, access into these chat rooms or uh, revealing pictures of underage women and women that are in their teens or that are um, in their twenties as well. And he has like released their, he kind of like forced them to do whatever he wanted by having access to their, you know, pictures and um, news. And he made them, you know, do different things while holding the image above their head saying, you know, if they don't do whatever he tells them, he's going to release it and expose them. So he's made um, countless females do different things as far as like, um, you know, doing things with other men. Like he forced a 15 year old girl to meet a paid customer to perform sexual act, uh, actions. And also he uh, has forced like um, 20 year olds to, you know, reveal, to do pretty much do things that they didn't want to do. And he was forced 40 years in prison, pretty much life. They said life in prison because um, it goes against everything that South Korea uh, accepts and that he has to face extreme consequences for what he did. Um, for a while, they didn't release any of his images onto the public because they didn't want anyone to, they wanted to keep him a secret. But over time, people has fought about it and have made, um, has made the government release his pictures. Not only releasing his pictures, but pictures, but releasing anybody that was, you know, working with him or similar to the things that he's done. Um, they released all their pictures as well. Um, this is this article is on New York Times. If you go on there and look up South Korean mastermind of exportation chat rooms, he has 40 years in prison. And you can see the um, article for yourself. But yeah, it's um, pretty crazy. Okay, uh, so Jaira, tell us more about what he did. I mean, in terms of like the cyber aspect. Yeah, he um, pretty much hacked into these, you know, females accounts on their chat rooms and things like that, or not even just chat rooms, probably their um, social media in general. And was spying on them, watching them. And these women, you know, had pictures of themselves on the internet, which is, you know, a big no-no on, as far as like on the cyber world, uh, because it's very easy for, like if you have like a social media and your post, like kind of like OnlyFans, how a lot of these females have like OnlyFans and, um, you know, and doing those things on there. It's very easy for like a hacker to get in there and, you know, hold their, you know, hold their uh, pictures and say, I'm going to release this to your family, 
I'm gonna show this to everyone, you know, your loved ones and show who the real person you are. And in exchange, if you do, if you do what I say, I won't do it, you know, it's kind of stuff like that. Or um, do you, you know. do you, um, so the hacking part, like, is it explain like what he did? Uh, it doesn't go too deep into it, but it just says that he was, um, he was making, he made it like a, he, he sold footage online using cryptocurrency of these people, of these women. Um, pretty much he was just taking their footage from different, you know, different pornographic files or websites that these ladies are on and was, and, you know, using them. Cause I guess I'm wondering in terms of like his hacking technique, was he, you know, like cloning their browser? Like, I'm wondering like what he was doing to actually hack into the account. Um, it looks like it doesn't get too deep into that part of aspect of it. Uh, it's just more so just to say he was spying on them. Um, yeah. Oh, he said he used tiny cameras in um, public bathrooms. So um, I guess if he's using the tiny cameras in the public bathrooms, then what is that? He's using facial recognition software to identify them? Um, not necessarily. Just uh, just spying on them, you know, just having, just, uh, you know, putting these cameras in public areas or in different spaces. I wonder if watch. these are gender neutral bathrooms. Huh? I said, I wonder if these are gender neutral bathrooms. I'm not sure. Is my coworker just, um, she, she was telling me something about that, um, about gender neutral bathrooms. I think we were like in the lab at work and there was a, like one of the radio hosts were talking about um, some restaurant deciding to have gender neutral bathrooms like some chain restaurant or something like that and um uh I think my coworker said that she was uncomfortable with it because she's scared like what if someone leaves a camera in the bathroom or what if someone's looking at a stall or she just had all these fears and I like they were kind of rational but like they were like just fears that I don't personally have but I don't know but yeah it's funny that we're talking about this because we just had this conversation. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was um that's pretty much all <laughs> as far as regarding this article. Just pretty much just be careful and you know, kind of be aware of your surroundings, uh, and just be safe on this on the internet with what you're doing yeah but i think it's interesting it's an interesting you know conversation because you know we live in a country where well not just a country we just we live in this world where people you know um have the right actually to participate online as you know as they see fit like if they if this is what they choose to do with themselves i mean in terms of you know only fans or whatever right yeah and still at the same time we also live in the same world that a person exploits that you know and um it is very dangerous 
for people to be vulnerable. But even if you're not participating in an OnlyFans, right? Like you could, he could do the same thing if it, just with your, whatever you have on social media, your Facebook or whatever, you know? So it's just, um, yeah, I mean, that's always the, uh, it's always the catch 22, you know what I mean? Or the, you know, just looking at the internet in, in general. And now with like, we had the whole conversation about the facial recognition before people putting in their fingerprints and that kind of, to me actually adds to the uh nefarious acts that people um can do <laughs> when you know when you're online um with your identity or whatever um but also too it just adds to the like ever increasing you know aspects that we talk about about you know just this mass surveillance or just like people um Oh, you know, uh, uh, being cool with being surveilled or having, you know, a uh, 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 less privacy or lack of privacy. So, yeah, it's all it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know, like, what are your what are your thoughts, um, Jaira, about you know how the you know people okay so people are on facebook right or people are on whatever social media right yeah and then they upload you know people are uploading pictures they're uploading data you know we talked about where they had the phone so what are your thoughts about you know just internet usage you know what i mean because you you're you're going into cyber security so just wondering about you know your thoughts in general uh you just gotta be careful because um you know the show catfish so that's like a real thing you know people take identities of others and posing as them you know just to get at someone for like revenge or just for fun like some people on that show was just acting as other people um and you know dating these other people from other uh countries or states and just to have just to have fun just to, or just to get revenge like some people even did it because you know they were trying to get revenge on them on on someone from years ago um it's very easy nowadays to get catfish or to impose as someone that you're not because nobody wouldn't really know the real you so like if you like for example uh, if piper wanted to act as britney she could Nobody would really know unless, you know, they know that Brittany does, if, if you're her, like, close friend knows that Brittany doesn't have social media. But if you, like, if I went and took pictures of Brittany, uh, you know, went through her phone, sent herself the pictures and stuff like that and, and posed as Brittany, she could. And it would be very hard for people to, uh, you know, tell the difference unless you're her close friend. Jared, don't give her any ideas, please. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can't, you know, no one could ever uh, be Britney. There's no one that could ever be Britney. And everyone would know, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know. just, pretty much you just got to be careful and aware of that there's, you'll never be safe on the internet. You should always like have a, a second eye or third eye, not to say, you know, 
just watching out and making sure you're um, careful and not just trusting everyone on the internet because not everyone on the internet is your friend or are going to be friendly with you. Some are some have a specific goal to hack you and take information from you, or some have a specific goal as to you know um, just mess with you and just have fun. So just to let us know, like, what does being safe or safety on the internet like? What does that even look like? Uh, it, it's a number of ways. It's making sure that you. Don't post your location. Try not to post so frequently as far as what you're doing, where you're going. Make sure you uh, secure your passwords, like change your passwords frequently. Don't make them too easy. Like don't make them your birth date or don't make them your middle name. Don't make them anything that's related to you. Try to make them like, for example, uh, like if you saw a... Um, a random number, you know, out on out and about, like you see a random sequence of numbers on a building or an address of, I don't know, just make it random. I would say I don't, I don't there is kind of, it doesn't really matter what it is, as long as it's not something tied to what you like to do or what resembles you, because if you do, then these hackers can have automated systems, you know, generate those kind of codes to get into your um, your accounts. Because nowadays it's called brute forcing. There's a there's a lot of tools out there to where a machine like your computer will generate over like billions and billions of different combinations of names and words together to um, put together common names and common passwords that people use and it'll like find it under like three or four seconds. Wow. All right, is that what you're using brute force? Uh no, I, I use some form some form of it, but I don't use it on people because I mean I could technically I could use it on anyone I wanted to, but one that's illegal and two, it's not what I that's just not what I want to do. I'm I don't I don't wanna be an evil hacker like a, a white hat or what is it black hat hacker? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right, well, you're going to have to keep us abreast of, like, how to stay safe on the internet. Is that cool? Definitely. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Yeah, so, Deja, what you got? Um, I wanted to talk about this internet scam that's been going on since the lockdown started. What internet? It's where... Um, Artists will, and these are like major artists, are asking um, independent or like up and coming artists to send them their stuff and they're charging everyone to do it. And they're saying that they can put them on this mixtape. And the main person that was doing it was Jadakiss. He was asking a bunch of rappers to send them their demos or stuff like that, their songs, and he was going to put them on a mixtape and um, basically telling them that you know it's time for you know new artists to get some shine like it's time for like you know something new in the rap game so if you know somebody that's really unique and up and coming and they deserve a shot put them in the comments below and he was hitting people up and people were really sending him their songs and sending him money 
And it wasn't just him. It was people like, um, like I know Benny the Butcher was doing it too. And that kind of hurt my soul. And let's see, Havoc from Mob Deep was in it too. Um, let's see, I saw this um, article that Freddie Gibbs posted in a screenshot on his story yesterday. And it said, Rappers, The Game, Dave East, DMX, OT Genesis, exposed for the tag and unsigned artist Instagram posts have claimed millions stolen by these rap stars. Have you noticed since the pandemic that these that there has been a lot of your that there has been a lot of posts by your favorite rappers saying tag an unsigned artist here. Well, it seems this is a new way to make money since show money has basically halted. The posts have been controlled by a known scammer in the industry, Big Trill, who is also this, the manager of Sauce Walker. Big Trill has used major IG accounts, acting as he is the artist replying to an replying to the unsigned desperate artists getting them to spend thousands of dollars each it has been revealed that 11 mixtapes hosted by Jadakiss has generated over $222,000 alone since then all of the oh my god right since then all of the mixtapes have been deleted leaving the artists no results of what they paid for below a popular IG account has exposed this lie and we have gathered dms from our from artists, Instagram pages like DMX, Davies, The Gam, and etc., hitting up these artists, basically begging for the money. Artists in total have claimed to have spent millions in on this fraud. Check out the info below. And the page on Instagram is rap .ponzi scheme, and it's rap, and then it's dot p o n z i s c h e m e. Um, and Freddie Gibbs um, said that he never participated in that shit and somebody tried to get him to but he wasn't going for it um, Bow Wow was there or Bow Wow was in on it too um, yeah just so many rappers and there was a lot of New York rappers it was mostly New York rappers and I thought that was crazy you see this pissed me off I mean it pissed me off because they're hurting rappers like that aspect is terrible but then the other aspect is like this is what we do we get artists to give us music to put out a mixtape and we're legitimate so it kind of really puts a damper on like the stuff that we're doing you know this like really gets gets my goat um yeah. I hear terrible the easiest way to fuck somebody over is to is to tamper with their dreams this is crazy. Yeah. Okay, I saw Fat Joe was a part of this joint. Mm-hmm. So this is okay. So how did you find out about it? Freddie I was Gibbs, watching. Right? Yeah, Freddie Gibbs Instagram story, and I'd seen it all summer. All summer, I'd seen this campaign going on, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool. Like that's dope. Like, damn, I wish I was a rapper. I participated in that shit." And then I saw um, them charging people for it. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Okay, so basically, so go ahead, Brittany. They're basically charging artists to be a part of this mixtape, but the mixtape never comes out. Yeah. Wow, man, that is like, how do you not think that that's gonna get be a scam that people are gonna eventually catch on to? Like, I don't understand people and using social media. Like, is is it the, are the drugs blinding people from seeing like? That social media is the easy way to get caught on doing anything nowadays. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. 
So well, what do you mean? Like, um, what do you mean when you say that, Brittany? Like, I just feel as if like social media to me is like the hottest place. Like, even with the the rappers uh, Casanova and Gierbo getting caught up on doing scams, like with people like you know you're doing something so but you use social media as your like everyday like I don't know like your hub to tell the world like Mm -hmm. what you're doing and what you're purchasing and where you're going and what you're promoting so like when the when Rico the Rico charges or you know hip-hop police want to put a case together on you they don't even have to follow you they just got to pull up your social media so I just don't understand when people are going to realize that if you're going to be doing something that has involved any illegal activity, why would you use social media as the platform to do it? It just doesn't make sense at this point. I guess also, too, I'm just thinking like, OK, so I guess to me, you said the, the whole thing only made about two hundred thousand bucks. Yeah, the article said that it only made $220,000. Like, that's no money. I mean, I'm $220,000. Right? Huh? Like, in the land of like doing, doing like $200,000, like, that's not no money. I mean, I'm not condoning that theft, but I'm just saying, in the land of like all the rappers that you named, right? Yeah. Cause like yeah. Fat Joe was in that, so mm-hmm. who was it? Did, did you name like maybe ten rappers? This article Sounds said like about you. three or four, but yeah, there were so many. Yeah, I guess in total, yeah. So that's like ten rappers splitting two hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. I mean, even I don't know. I mean, just thievery is just dumb. You know, I I don't even get it, but. The idea that they would steal from, you know, just, you know, young young people that 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 are their fans, you know, that have actually supported them. The fact that they would steal from people who are trying to do something with themselves, I guess. And the other thing too is, you know, Jada Kiss. Do, doesn't he have the ve- the whole vegan empire? Yeah. He has a juice bar. They have juice bars all in the, around New York. I'm just trying to understand too why why can't they just actually put out a mixtape and still make money? Like I don't get it. Like why did they have to scam people? Why couldn't there still be a product? I don't I I just don't understand that part. Yeah, that's the part that's like like, so, you still so, could have charged people and still put the music out. I, I don't understand. So, wait, Deja, what happened to the rappers? Like, what happened to date to, to Jadakiss? Um, nothing. I mean, Benny the Butcher had an interview where he just said that, um, you know, he basically said nothing happens overnight and it takes money to make money, so... That was basically what he said, which was nothing. I wonder if he got. <laughs> I wonder if he got shot by the <laughs> rappers. Mm, crazy! That would be fucked up. Yeah, that would be. That's crazy. Dallas, like, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's something else. But mm. wow, that's crazy. 
And it's really annoying because it's like we're putting out, you know, mixtape. This is what we do. So this makes it difficult on people like us, you know? Yeah, like that's crazy. This is this is wild that so many people got scammed off this. But also this is what shows the what's wrong with there's like a tier of rap or hip-hop that's pay to play right and that's like a huge chunk of it and it really exposes it because these djs do that all the time you know when when the djs are like oh the hottest thing smoking on the streets blah 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 it's because those managers and people have had deals and they give it to the djs and then the hot djs get the money or whatever and then they, you know, uh, put out this thing that this is hot, that's hot, listen to this, blah, 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 the bloggers too. And then what happens is the unsuspecting public is like, oh, this is the hottest tape ever. This is the hottest mixtape, this hottest artist, this is the hottest song. Because my favorite blog that tells me that I love things told me that I love this. And so, yeah, I love it. I want it. Give it to me. I can't wait for it. And this really kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, we know that all that's going on, but yeah, I, I wonder what, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, and I, and I don't mean in a punitive sense. I don't mean to sound punitive, but I mean, how do these people get justice? Like, how you know, people just get to walk around, just get their money and you understand what I'm saying? Like, this just really puts a damper on everything. Yeah, I agree. It does. It makes it tough. And especially because I'm looking at this one article on it, and it's saying it's not really illegal. So it's not anything that they can really do. And it's not like it's the artist. Like, the, this company is using... The artist is giving this company permission to do the advertising. So okay, so like- let me understand, just so I understand. So the scheme is the company is saying that they're going to put out a mixtape. Yes. So then and- they get these rappers, they do some type of deal where they maybe pay the rappers up front or who knows. To- no, there's no deal. They're just saying cash up such and such Instagram or not such and such, but it's like a random um cash up account it's just saying cash up um your name and like like fat joe mixtape or something and then five hundred dollars okay so is fat joe in on it yeah he's one of the the artists scamming artists scamming up and coming artists so that means that fat joe does and 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 jada kiss and all them do have a deal with this company then this see i don't even this, know it's not a company it's just a um they say the, it's called the black 365 uh, the yeah. black 365 and it's saying they it's i don't know it's it's not really saying given the detail of the connection but it is mentioning all these rappers y'all just mentioned D- benny the butcher gang yeah fetty wop and they're saying like, "Hey, you can, um, be, you can be on this. You can be on our next mixtape. Cash app the cash app five hundred dollars, 
And so then when they cash out the money, the Block 365 is basically taking these artists and putting them all on like a compilation mixtape on YouTube with like 40 plus songs and the major artists aren't on any of the songs. So this is the part I'm, so if the major artist is not on the song, what role is the major artist playing in this scheme? <laughs> like basically being like making them feel like it's legit, like they got an opportunity because their name is about to be next to Dave East or Benny the Butcher. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So that means that these rappers are, if they're in on it, then it means that they got some type of deal going with the company, no? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I just don't know what the what the artist is actually the artist's actual connection is, other than what Deja is saying. This article is not really saying how the artist is getting a payout on it. But I'm just wondering, like, okay, so this whole thing with all these rappers is only netted uh grossed or whatever, five uh two hundred thousand dollars. And then all the rappers plus the company split all split that little piece of crumb. That's what that's what it is. Say that again, Piper. So the whole scam it grossed two hundred thousand bucks mm-hmm. over since June. So yeah, June, July, August, whenever the story came out, right? And they get they got okay they scammed two hundred k, but it's like all they, those rappers you just named they they split in that little I said the little little piece of crumb. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how much the artist really wins. I think it's the company that wins the most because if they say they got two hundred k and they were charging five hundred dollars per artist, that means that they got four hundred artists to sign up. And within less than six, they let they made they made two hundred thousand dollars on four hundred artists giving five hundred dollars in less than six months. But what I'm saying is, if the rappers, if the famous rappers are in on it, right, then they didn't make two hundred thousand dollars. Because if you got to split that with like ten rappers, you understand? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I understand. I think I don't know if the story is much as as much as the artist and the the bigger artist and the smaller artist is getting used as much as it the bigger artist making a big payout. I think the the story is basically the big artist and the small artist is getting used by this company, the Block Three Sixty Five, who just made two hundred thousand dollars in less than six months off four hundred small artists. But the and point to your making, point, Brittany, they didn't get 200K. No, I, the point I'm making is, is that I don't think it's more so about the, the Benny the Butcher getting 200K. I think it's more so about this company who came up with the scam, who's really getting over on the big artists and the small artists, if you think about it. But not even because, well, how much money are they even getting? That company? How much money does the company get? The company is getting $500 per artist. But this so, is what I'm saying. If you got to split it, right? Who's to say that they're splitting it? I don't see where the split is. So then why would Fat Joe, if he's not getting any money, 
be like, cool, I'm with it. If they're charging $500 per artist and if they keep the scam up and the artist is able to get, let's say, $200 off of it, a hundred some dollars off of it per artist that signs up, they're able to get to sign up. It's probably some good backdoor money. Who knows? It's like it's like somewhere between five to let's just say on the high end, if there's only 10 artists, it gets 20k. That's nothing to be out here doing some little raggedy ass scam like that, little nickel and dime scam like that. I agree. Crazy. I agree. Um, like I said, Jada Kid's got his whole vegan empire with the juice bars and everything. Like, what on earth? Yeah, I don't say that again, Deja. I said he was going hardest for the scam out of every like all of these rappers. He was the one like really pushing for it. Yeah, so I guess two things come to mind. Like, were Jadakiss and all these rappers used and scammed and they and the company just used their name and they didn't have anything to do with the actual scam? Or are they just that, you know, petty in their griminess that they were willing to steal from their own fans to possibly get somewhere between five to twenty k? I'm open. Yeah, no, it was a scam all the way. They didn't get wrapped up. It wasn't something that where they got taken advantage of. I don't believe that at all. So then. Because why wouldn't, and Freddie Gibbs said this, he was like, if I'm a, a major artist, why would I want to work with you? You're nobody. You right. won't make me any money. Right. That's what Freddie Gibbs said. That was his perspective as someone that's as successful as the rest of these rappers that were in on it. That's what he had to say. I mean. I guess I'm just like, what I don't, I mean, yeah, that's one aspect of it. But I guess the other aspect of it is like the 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 part that's really diabolical to me is besides the theft the theft in and of itself is diabolical but what as the cherry on top is the low level of pettiness with which they're willing to involve themselves in to get like it's not even a piece of the money that they would get from anything that they did else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't worth it to me. Because now they all look like some assholes. Yeah, now we see, not only do we see how low and petty they all are, this is capitalism at its worst, yo. So we see how low yeah. and petty you and are. You're right. This person said that they were marketing it saying spending 650, you basically are spending 650 to generate 60 plays. And they're saying it's just not a wise investment. Like, so the artist gets the mixtape up, right? And basically, like I'm looking at it. So basically, Benny the Butcher, Butcher host is will host the mixtape right behind bars. And all these artists will be on the mixtape. So they basically are using Benny Butcher's name to advertise all these rappers. But if you're on there, a mixtape with 40 other rappers, 
Like, how much play are you really going to get? So you spend six fifty. Is you, is it really worth the amount of spins that your new mix that your this mixtape that Benny the Butcher is advertising? Is it really worth it? And then will so, you get those? Will the artists get those fifteen cents, or will they? Because that company, I think this that, company. Okay. The Block Three Sixty Five. So the Block Three Sixty Five is using both, like the bigger artists and the small artists. I'm I'm sure the big artist is getting some type of like uh, compensation. But it's not anywhere near the amount of money I'm sure the the block 365 is getting. I think they sold the major artists on the fact that they were going to be helping the helping smaller artists. That's why I'm saying I wonder did they get. That's why that's where I'm saying I'm wondering did they get scammed? Or, I think they did. I don't know, but they just saying that they did not get scammed and and that they knew that they knew that they were scamming people. I think I think that I think from I don't know Deji you know more than me I think the I think that the major artists it's like when they're selling like a like a product or something like what like a what do you call that endorsement like I think they probably looked at it as them picking up an endorsement from a company and saying you know like if like if if you know, I see how it asks you to do a commercial or some shit. Like, so like, yeah, like they're not gonna be making hundreds and thousands of dollars, but they don't have to do much. All they have to do is sit back and let somebody use their name and then take and make a couple posts. Whoever runs their social media, like Fat Joe put, tag an artist that spits that spits crack only. So all these people started like hitting Fat Joe up on uh so basically Fat Joe's page found this company, a whole bunch of artists. So now all these artists is like now they, there's a pool of artists to be like, hey, pay six fifty and you'll get your song on this mixtape. So basically, the rapper is like the cold, like the the salesperson. Basically, they get they they do all the cold calling because their Instagram and all they got to do is put out like one advertisement and their Instagram does mostly all the talking. So the artist doesn't have to really do anything. Right, but then did they actually put out? product like you said yeah so i'm looking here benny they the artist didn't put out the product i believe the block 365 hosts the the mixtape and uses the rapper to to advertise the mixtape like on june 20th the block 365 posted rap behind bars volume 7 presented by benny the butcher so benny the butcher basically hosts this mixtape I don't even know if he talks on it at the beginning or talks in it throughout it, but it's basically all these artists. Let's see how many were on his mixtape. So his actually came out. Yeah, it came out. Um, it didn't get that many plays. It got 192 loves, 62, 62. Uh, what do you guys call it? Uh, mm-hmm. when you re when you repost it. Mm-hmm. And then they got four comments. So where is it? It's on SoundCloud. Okay, so it's on the blocks three whatever. So it's on their SoundCloud. Correct. And it oh. probably gets posted to Benny Butcher SoundCloud. I'm assuming. And yeah. So people. So then they promote it, and then people go there, and then, uh, I mean, but but truth be told, okay, in that explanation that you just gave. That is how most of these mixtapes go down. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm saying in the explanation you just gave. Mm-hmm. Like even back in the days, like Swiss Beats and, you know, all these other people when they used to do the mixtapes, that's how they did it. You had to pay to get on it. Well, I guess so if you're paying. The yeah. Producer. I mean, well, th- you know, they'll say no, but hecky, yeah, that you had to pay to get in a, in these blogs and you had to pay to get on the mixtapes. Now they yeah. say, oh, no, they just play the hot stuff. Now, mind you, yeah, of course, if there was like a hot artist or a hot song, like I said, these artists, remember I told you before, they used to bootleg their own music yeah yeah even fat joe is known for bootlegging his own music and remember the beef that him and remy ma had before she went to jail basically remember when she came out with her um her single oh y'all might not remember but this was before she went to jail this might have been like 2008 seven i don't remember something like that maybe seven eight nine but before she went to jail came up with her single and after it came out her and fat joe had like major beef and fat joe went on the media well you know remy ma came out and was like you know fat joe is not supporting me you know he's not getting behind me he's not uh you know they're 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 not the label is not doing what they're supposed to do they're not pushing me and then fat joe you know he at the time and even now maybe you know he was a bigger name than remy right and he had more connections and whatever and his muscle and his influence and his bullying and he went on a tirade on on a media tirade and was like yeah remy you know she's not really doing the numbers she's dope but she don't know business she's not really doing the numbers she don't trust me she's not letting me do my job blah 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 come to find out they had sent they had shipped the record to all the different record stores and then fat joe and them went and went to the record stores and wouldn't let the record stores like sell the record and then long story short, they, you know, they got a hold on all these record stores and they, you know, so once you're, you know, you got the scan, the barcode. So once you're, well, you know, at that time, more CDs, whatever, once your um, record went through the scanner, okay, that money goes into the you know the numbers that they count to understand you know how much quote-unquote sales you're doing but what they would do is they would also bootleg the record okay and they would get the bootleg copy to these um distributors or to these record stores and so the one that was shipped okay by the record label which has the barcode and the scan code or whatever, they would tell them, hold off on those, and they would give them the bootleg joints. And then the bootleg one, obviously, when you buy it, that barcode or whatever, that's not going into the count, the official count that comes from the label. That's some other thing from somewhere else. It's private. So they would pocket, you understand what I'm saying? All that money. 
And so you, as an artist, you may have sold X amount of records, but if it, if that barcode that came from the label didn't get scanned, then you didn't get, you're not getting credit for it and no one even knows. Okay. So you can have a hot record that was on the streets. Now, before the barcode thing, you understand what I'm saying? They would, before, before there was an actual barcode, they were actually, um, you know, just out of the trunk, like too short and all them, just like selling their records or whatever. And even the major artists will bootleg their own record. You see what I'm saying? They had these gangsters and stuff sell it out the trunk and they would be selling fur coats, their vinyl record, gold chains <laughs> and all that out their trunk. And I'm just saying that to say that that's how a lot of these artists would have money or get their money behind the label's back. And the mixtape role was to actually make these records hot in the streets. And then what would happen is the mixtape um, DJs would bootleg the bootleg, okay? And that's how they made their money. So I'm just saying that to say that this is they're continuing this scam and this scheme into the 21st century. And it's just ridiculous, like, you know, that that these guys that have this level of success would literally do such a petty street, you know, scheme to just unsuspecting kids, you know, because for the most part, these are kids they're doing this to. Ain't no grown people checking for none of these mixtapes, no offense, but anyway. Okay, this is really funny. So, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm looking in Deja. So basically the artist, I don't know how the artist, if the artist, the artist has to know because I'm looking at this DM between Redman and this one artist and it's wild. Like, okay. So basically Redman hits up an artist and goes, oh, he hits artists up and says, hey, if you're an artist and you, and you want to, you know, want to possibly get on a mixtape and invest in yourself dm me so all the artists would dm and start asking questions so then basically red man would be like hey you know i'm about to put out this mixtape and you know if you want to invest in yourself this could be a good opportunity i'm it's going to be on my spotify premium and all you need to do is um cash app and so then and then the person will be like, okay, well, who do I cash app? And then so he gave them two different cash app. He said to them to send two fifty here, and then send two fifty there, and then send the screenshots when you're done. And so then the person sent the screenshots, and then they sent the tracks. And so then the person is like, well, are you gonna get like, are you gonna be featured on it? He's like, no, I'm not doing any features. I'm just gonna do a tag at the beginning of the mixtape, and that's how I basically look out for you. And so the person's like, well, I hope it gets a lot of, um, you know, views. How do I like stay in touch to see like with, like with the thing. And so then he says, be sure you follow the block 365. And then the person's like, well, they don't even have any followers. And I thought that you were the one that was putting it together, not them. And he was like, Oh no, they're, they're the ones that's putting it out. So it sounds like the artist is part of, I'm, I'm thinking that more that they are part of the scam, unless these are fake, Instagram pages. No, nah, there. So that's my point. 
back in the day, not even just back in the day, but just in general, these even the DJs, right? They call it, they say it's illegal, pay to play, whatever, but it's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, these mixtape DJs, that's what they would do back in the day is they might either be cool with a rapper or they might be cool with a label. Because another thing that would happen is these engineers that's working in these studios would also make money. They would sell. And then people be trying to figure out like how their album leaked, how this, how that, right? And there's so many points. You know, they try to, as time went on, kind of cut the points at which the bootlegging could happen. But after a while, some of these artists, you know what I'm saying? We're like, yo, I'm going to bootleg my own thing. And then what's even crazier, the label, okay, will be bootlegging itself. The, the label would bootleg its own record so that some of those so and some of those people would just be getting money off of you know off this off of the the scan so that it so that so the barcode right does wouldn't really reflect like the actual success of the record to tell you the truth because there'd be so many people eating outside of that barcode you know what i'm saying mm-hmm yeah, this is wild. I feel bad. So I'm just wondering, like, what is the outcome? Like, what's going to happen? Like, or well, they're it- saying it's not technically illegal, but they are telling people, like, they just saying, like, be careful. Don't. This is not a good investment. Like, this company isn't is an up and coming company. It would be different if you paid the six hundred dollars and you got you know, a million followers the next day. This company doesn't even have a lot of followers themselves. They're you they're using they're using the artists, both artists, the big the big artists and the small artists. The big artists must be getting some type of compensation, but they're still getting played too. How does a company like this even because this is a thing this scam is so normal. And what I right. mean by that is you see, like I said, you see a lot of the bloggers being like, pay me to be on my blog, right? Or you see a lot of the DJs, like, you know, people pay to be on these mixtapes and stuff. So it's not really like, you know, odd, but I guess what I'm wondering is who is this person that everyone trusts them, right? This person must be the person that everyone trusts. No. Yeah, they, they, yeah, somebody, yeah. I mean, they've gotten four hundred people to sign up. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. No, what I'm me. saying is, who is this person that they've got? Fat Joe, Red Man, Jada Kiss, Benny the Butcher. Who is this person that they've got them trusting them? That's what, and I'm saying the same. I agree with you. I'm just thinking the thought of the fact that this must be a person that they trust because they know what they're doing because they didn't got 400 people to sign up no it's so easy to get 400 people sign up if i were to do the same scheme and i had queen latifah you know what i'm saying remy ma Nicki minaj do the same scheme i could get it'd be i could get a couple thousand women to send me you know saying a missy elliott i get a couple thousand women to send me money to be on a mixtape with them that's not that's not the that's not the issue. What I'm saying is, how did they get Jadakiss, Benny the Butcher, Fat Joe 
red man, okay, to be to to in, to say yes because do you right. know how hard it is to get a rapper to endorse something like anything? Do y'all know how like what type of feat that is or no? Yeah, I think I agree that it has to be somebody that they trust. I, I'm with you. I wonder who it is. His name was Trill something. T-R-O? T-R-I-L-L. Right. So this is crazy. So some dude named Trill. This is the story that we need. Who is this dude that all these people are like, yeah, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Because imagine how many people are getting at these rappers trying to get them to invest in something. And then they choose of all the things, of all the people that get at them for all the things in the world. And then they say yes to this. Who is this guy that people are willing to like, like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Who is this guy? These are the questions I have. Yeah, it's a good question. Oh my Great God. Story, Deja. Story, Deja. Yes. <laughs> that's such a great story oh uh, man okay we gotta find out who this guy is and why can we just find this out we have to find out who is this guy and how did he get these people to trust him and how are these people giving all this trust to this dude but let's say you and me came with something that was legitimate useful and healthy for the community we get all the skepticism yep they he's take Swalka's manager. What'd you say, Deja? I said that he's Sauce Walker's manager. Oh, oh. He's a complete, he's a complete. Oh God. Who'd you say, Deja? He's Sauce Walker's manager. The rapper. Swaka? Sauce Walker. Oh, Sauce Walker. He's Sauce Walker's manager. I don't know Sauce Walker. Is he is he big? No. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But like, okay. I mean, we gotta find out who this guy is. How does this guy have this much clout? You know? This is crazy. So um, oh man, thank you. That's a great story, Deja. Thank you for that. All right, Brittany. Yes. What you got? Um just uh taking a look across the world of what's going on with COVID as we own in on our own vaccine in the United States. Um cases are rising. I think Rudy Giuliani just uh was uh infected with COVID. So for us, we're still battling uh, COVID from a, from a huge perspective. Um, but at the same time, I think our national storyline is, is that the cases are rising and that they're waiting on the Thanksgiving results to see how much it impact, how much Thanksgiving impacted uh, the COVID cases. And then the other storyline is, is that they're going to be, you know, the FDA is in the middle of approving two vaccines and then they're they're working on how the vaccines are going to be administrated. So um, I kind of wanted to like go back and take a look at 
what Wuhan has been experiencing, just because Wuhan, of course, is where the, the, the virus originated. In Wuhan, they have not yet um, done a national vaccination. They have, they are in the middle of testing it. Um, but I wanted to share with you guys um, a couple minutes of a clip of uh, them reporting a little bit about what life is like in Wuhan. One second. You're looking here at new scenes from the streets of the city that was ground zero for the global coronavirus pandemic. This is Wuhan in China, where COVID-19 first appeared officially just over one year ago. Now, we watched this city go into a total lockdown early this year when most of the world was still COVID-free. Today marks 10 months exactly since that first lockdown was imposed. Strict measures that at the time were considered harsh and draconian by some observers before many other countries began to follow suit. Our Asia correspondent, Sasha Petrasek, shot those scenes for us. He's just returned from Wuhan. He's back in Beijing now and live with us this morning. Good to see you on this, Sasha. Thank you. What are things like in Wuhan 10 months after the lockdown? Well, you know, Heather, if you walk into Wuhan now, you could almost, almost believe that there never was a pandemic. The place is wide open. Uh, you know, the, the, the shopping streets are full. The restaurants are jammed. The bars are jammed. And the fishermen and women are back out on the Yangtze River fishing. Uh, life has returned to normal. It almost looks as though, um, you know, living has become easy again and COVID has been conquered. After all, they haven't actually had a, uh, an official locally transmitted case in months now and uh and they're sticking to that did you guys hear that pretty okay yeah i hear that good okay so i found that interesting just being like you know them being the the destination of where the virus started and then over here it feels as if like it's never ending hamster wheel and then the check-in there and you know they do have some protocols like if you're you know they they're not allowing a lot of people to fly into the country like if you're from the asia pacific i think that you're like if you're from other parts of asia you're able to come to wuhan you they do have designated quarantine hotels where if you come in you have to spend 14 days and and you know uh, do it you do some testing and sit in the hotel for 14 days and they get your food delivered and then you're able to like you know like the guy said go about and you're more than welcome to hit the streets, do whatever it is that you want. The markets have opened back up. They haven't been heavily vaccinated, um, nor have they had a lot of cases. And they were one of the few countries to do a complete shutdown. Um, and they feel as if the complete shutdown uh, is the reason why they're, you know, succeeding the way that they are with able, able to keep the cases down. Um, some people within the country and outside of the country said that they feel like as if that this is a form of uh, Chinese propaganda. There have been other documentaries that, you, you know, you see them on YouTube. They're kind of going into the life of Wuhan and what a lot of people are doing post-COVID, as they would call it. And it seems pretty normal. And they say it's propaganda because they're trying to say that um, the U.S. specifically um, needs to impose a stronger um, restriction and lockdown if they're if they're going to be willing to eradicate the virus before the vaccine. So, what do you guys think of 
think about where Wuhan is in comparison to the states. Say those numbers again. I said, where, what do you guys think about Wuhan and what I just played you in comparison to what's going on with the states? No, I was just asking if you if you had the numbers to play. No, I just I'm doing it based on like the the coverage of the guy and what he was what he was just speaking about in regards to them seemingly getting back to normal without even being vaccinated because of the re the restrictions of their lockdown. You know, I think Deja talked about this last week, if I'm not mistaken, or one of y'all, but um, I guess long story short for me is um, a lot of the countries that are not having issues or that had their second wave or, you know, that are you know, having a uh, school in person and a lot of more of their in-person stuff, they actually um, paid their people to stay home, you know? Yeah. And they did yeah. what, like three months or something like that, two or three months. Yeah. And then, you know, they're seeing the, the positive results. Uh, yeah, that's what I think about it. Yeah, so you're you basically saying like, yeah, they were able to do harder restrictions, but they were able to impose like um, better relief for the, for people while they were staying at home. I guess for me, you know, if you're gonna tell people to stay home, right? Yeah. Then they're and they're paying them. That's different than making them just stay home. I I think. I think so too. I think so too. And I think, I don't know if you guys saw this week about this, the, the new stimulus package being approved. A lot of people are upset with the Democrats for not fighting for the $1,200 stimulus check. And I just guess my issue is, is that it does, you know, it does leave out a huge chunk of people who aren't and haven't been paid in over three months. Um, the restaurant industry, waitresses, you know, I think about people who are working at Motor City and MGM, like who just have been out of jobs. I think the casinos were open for what, two or three weeks. Like, what do these people do? Find new, like new trades? Like they go into, they have to go into different, you know, a different, uh, and, you know, industry other than hospitality because the government isn't funding them. Like, yeah, they're the corporations receive loans, but on an individual, like, basis and these people this they're these whole industry of people who haven't received money so you're telling people that the the cases are going up and then you're also telling them in the next month during christmas they're not included in the stimulus package so it kind of sucks that the industry that's affected the most there isn't anything that's gonna do, you know be done to help them in the, in the next few months so i agree with you so then, um, do you, but do you have numbers then for Wuhan? What, what numbers? You know, like in terms of their infection rates and, They know, haven't had a, they haven't had a case in three months. And then what, and are they back to, um, you know, in-person stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, like the guy was just saying in the clip, everything is pretty much back to normal. Um, 
their, their markets are back open. The, they're not being forced to wear a mask, but it's just kind of part of like their everyday life at this point. Just, they say just in case. Um, so, but they're d- d- dance classes, uh, yoga classes, um, all these different types of like, you know, kind of intimate spaces are, you know, still going as normal. A lot of the instructors are saying, of course, you know, there's not as many people as there would normally be in a class, like an intimate type of class, but there are people, you know, uh, restaurants, uh, those same markets that got a lot of flack, the, uh, where they, they do serve like different types of food and animals. Those are back open. You don't see the amount of wild animals that you once saw, but there still are wild animals. So they say that they're pretty close to being normal. Um, they said that there's not much fear of there being another wave. Um, but I do know Japan, which is, which is of course near, uh, is struggling with the virus. Um, but there are other parts of China that are, are doing just fine. Uh, but a lot of people are from different parts of China are traveling to Wuhan and are using Wuhan as a, like the place to party and hang out. Like, you know, like here, people uh, are going to Atlanta to hang out because Atlanta is the most, you know, you know, open state at the moment. So Wuhan was, they're saying Wuhan at first was, you know, getting a lot of flack. A lot of people were upset at Wuhan, but now that's the place where most people in the area are coming to hang out, to have a good time. So very interesting. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Deja? I wish that we could do that without having to get a vaccine. I know, right? That's all. I know. You know, um, they said that they're going to have this um, this vaccine card. Have y'all seen that? No, what's that? So basically, they're going to issue a vaccine card, and it says to everyone... Uh, it says everyone is going to have this vaccine card. Now, y'all haven't seen that? No, I have not. Yeah, so long story short, um, the Department of Defense, that's what makes it even more interesting. The Department of Defense released like the first images of um, a COVID-19 vaccine card. Like it's like a, it's like a record um and and it's gonna come in your vaccination you're gonna have like a vaccination kit and so the vaccination cards are going to be used as they say the simplest way uh to keep track of uh your COVID-19 shots and that's from Dr. Kelly Moore she's the associate director of the Immunization Action Coalition which is um quote unquote, supporting frontline workers who will administer COVID-19 vaccinations. This information, by the way, I'm getting from CNN Health. So it's not one of those like conspiracy theory sites. Um, and so it says, uh, a Department of Health and Human Services employee holds a COVID-19 vaccine record card. This was on November the 13th. Everyone will be issued a written card that they uh, can put in their wallet that will tell them what they had and when their next dose is due. (laughs) (laughs) 
It says vaccination clinics will also be reporting to their state immunization registries what vaccine was given. So that, for example, an entity could run a query if it didn't know where the patient got a first dose. It says, uh, Moore said that many places are planning to ask patients to voluntarily provide a cell phone number so they can get a text message telling them when and where their next dose is scheduled to be administered. And every dose administered will be reported to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, it says the CDC did not immediately respond to CNN's inquiry about whether such a database would include a record of everyone immunized. Um, it says a display, so there's a picture, right? And it's got like all this paperwork and like some swab and like that, that thing they put on your tongue. It says uh, a dis this display shows items that will be provided with COVID-19 vaccines at Operation Warp Speed headquarters in Washington, DC on November 13th. Operation Warp Speed. Oh my God. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. Um, did you see the head, the, your former presidents are going to take the vaccine first on national, they're, they're, they're wanting to secure a national like press conference where they receive the vaccine in front of you, including Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George Bush. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but all that does is make me more scared because Barack Obama was the same person who went to Flint and drank the tap water and told exactly. the Flint residents that they were that that it was okay. Exactly. <laughs> if that was even Flint tap water, could have been Hennessy. <laughs> uh, right. It says, as far as the vaccine kits, the Department of Justice image shows, the, I'm sorry, the Department of Defense image shows the kits include a card, a needle and syringe, alcohol wipes, and a mask. Operation Warp Speed has 100 million vaccine kits ready to go if and when distribution of a corona vaccine starts. General Gustave Perna, Warp Speed's chief operating officer said last month, this Department of Defense, my G, this is not the health department. You know what Department of Defense is, no? Hello? Hmm? You guys yeah. know what the Department of Defense is? Yeah. It's the military. The military is about to distribute this joint. It says this: these images come as two companies, Pfizer and Moderna, await emergency use, use authorizations in the United States. A panel with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is expected to discuss whether to authorize the um, emergency youth authorizations on December uh, 10th and 17th. Today is the 6th, the 5th, the 6th? The 5th. Today's the 6th. Yes, yeah, the 6th. Yeah. Should five, that's, in a, that's like five days, bro. 
Should Pfizer and Moderna get the authorization, the vaccine's first shipments could happen December 15th and 22nd, respectively. This is according to a, a document from the federal government's Operation Warp Speed. Initial supplies in the United States will be limited and the wider population won't have access to vaccines until months into 2021. That sounds about right. It sounds about, about what I've seen. It says a CDC panel recommended Tuesday that healthcare and long-term care workers get inoculated first. Mm -hmm. by, February, uh, by February, 100 million Americans could be vaccinated against coronavirus. This is uh, Monsef Slawi, chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed. He said this on Wednesday. The United States has said if both Pfizer and Moderna win FDA emergency use, use authorization in December, um, they could distribute 40 million doses of vaccine by the end of the month. Each vaccine, like you said, requires two doses. So that's enough to fully vaccinate 20 million people. But did you see about the dosage? What you mean, Pat? So they're saying that that is going to take like two doses. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I know a lot of people are freaking out about what's what they've seen are inside of the vaccines, which is normal. Vaccines are full of disgusting things. It's not anything different than any other vaccines that they've administered before. So Bro, I'm about to play this clip. I hope I hope a uh, commercial doesn't come on. Let me see something. This is from um... tonight. The anticipation and anxiety surrounding the coronavirus vaccines are unmistakable as Pfizer and Moderna prepare to roll out the first doses. I think there is both anxiety and I think there's great hope because I think people do recognize, even if they're hesitant, that vaccines are the way out of the pandemic. Among the key questions people are asking, given that they were rushed into production, are the vaccines safe? Yes, we think the vaccines are going to be safe. And here are the caveats. These are new vaccines, but they have been rigorously tested uh, in clinical trials. And these are not trivial clinical trials. There are 30,000 to 60,000 people. But Dr. Barton Haynes says it's important for the public to know there will be long-term monitoring for safety for months and years after we've been immunized. Another important question, what side effects can we expect when we get the vaccine? One volunteer in the Moderna trial talked about his side effects. The side effects were nausea, body aches, muscle aches, headaches, fatigue, chills, it's like diarrhea. The chief scientific advisor for Operation Warp Speed says most people who get the vaccine will have much less noticeable side effects and they won't last long. I would classify them as maybe 10-15% of the subjects immunized have quite noticeable side effects that usually last no more than 24-36 hours and uh, resolve. And when can most of us who are not healthcare professionals or frontline workers who will likely take priority expect to be able to get vaccinated? Those projections vary. I'm hopeful by Q2 of 2021, so uh, early spring, uh, that would be our aspirational goal. I think we're talking about uh, late summer, fall uh, for when uh, the general public will have access to these vaccines. 
perhaps sooner. How much will it cost the average person to get vaccinated? In the U.S., likely nothing. The federal government has promised the vaccine will be free of charge. How many doses of the vaccine will you need? Experts say for at least the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, you'll need two doses, three to four weeks apart. As far as whether we're going to have to come back and be vaccinated a year later, um, those are, that's a question that we don't know yet. Which vaccine should you choose? Experts say the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are so similar in efficacy that either are fine. And depending on how your state distributes the vaccine, you may not have a choice. Another crucial question, if you've already had coronavirus, do you need to get vaccinated? At this point, we would say, yes, you do. We don't know very much about the durability of immunity to coronavirus. We do know that these vaccines can induce antibodies, which are important in protection against coronavirus, that sometimes are many fold higher. And what about after we get vaccinated? How long will we have to wear masks and practice social distancing? We posed that question to vaccine experts. They said that even though these vaccines are believed to be safe and highly effective, we'll probably have to wear masks and distance at least through the fall of next year. Okay, so I'm like, okay, so you have to still wear a mask. They don't, they just said like, for every like five different things we don't know this and we don't know that they also I was just, just thinking that piper i was just thinking that like how do you said, the one guy said the one expert said they're gonna know by the spring the other dude they're gonna have the, the vaccine ready by the spring the other expert said by the fall they don't know anything and they want you they're gonna mandate mandate this this vaccine and they and they're like oh we well, you might have to get another shot in a in like three to four weeks and then and then it might not work and you might need to keep getting it he said months and years yeah yeah he said months and years you're gonna have to keep getting this vaccine i don't it's funny how they don't know if the that if you've had it if you've had it they don't know how secure herd immunity is yet like how do you not know that i'd rather them say that they they that they don't know and they just want everybody to take the vaccine and to say that they don't know something like that i honestly don't know why they still don't know so much about this virus but already have a vaccine for it it's just crazy to me right they don't have anything for aids mm-hmm <laughs> They don't have anything for uh, herpes. Right. They don't have anything for uh, the flu. But they got something for Corona in what? Six months? Yeah. Crazy. Y'all take that vaccine if you want to. Piper, if we gonna have to take it, if if you got a way to not take it, I'm a I'll pay you just like them rappers was paying Benny the Butcher. I'll pay you <laughs> Benny to show me how to go about not having to take that vaccine. Yo, my my boyfriend sent me a text about how to opt out of the vaccine for religious reasons. But that is remember hilarious. we did the show and we saw they not letting that fly. Yeah, you said what? Say that again. So my boyfriend sent me this text, sent me a link. Because for religious reasons, right? 
you were saying? Yeah, I threw it in the chat that um don't have to take the um the virus, uh the 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 uh vaccine, vaccine. how to opt out. Mm -hmm. Here, let me see. I'm gonna look on here again. It's like how to opt out for religious reasons. Let me look for it. Here it well, is. like my like Deja, my friend was telling me, like she works in a hospital, that she has to take the flu shot in order to work in a hospital. Like it's mandatory. So what what is gonna keep them from making it mandatory for you to not to, for you to have to take the the um coronavirus one, the COVID one? Let's see. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to find. I'll try to find it. But um, I, but I remember we did the show where we saw that they're not gonna let you do the religious thing for this one. Y'all remember that? I don't, but it wouldn't surprise me if they found that a way to to get around that. I feel like I remember you saying something about this, but I, I'm not 100% sure. This was but months I, ago. This was back in the summer. I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that the military is going to like distribute it, that's the part. It's that part. The military... And the Department of Defense at that. Yeah. To like regular schmegular citizens. That's crazy to me, yo. That is crazy to me. So I don't know. But I don't know. Y'all are not talking on the podcast. So maybe we got to end it. <laughs> What you mean, Piper? We are we we've been talking this whole time about this thing. I know, I know. You do? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is nine o'clock, and we have been on here like two hours already. All right. Well, I don't know how much people, much more people, are gonna listen per show. But we did do a, but we did try a live show. I'm wondering if um. <laughs> if 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 you guys go back you know what i'm saying like you're able to listen to the live stream before we um post it up onto the streaming platforms so just take a listen to it and let us know what needs to be different okay you got that deja uh Brittany, uh yeah. just take a listen you know, if you get a chance, it's on it's on YouTube. I mean, I know y'all gotta go to bed tonight, but you know. So and I, and Jaira, I'll get you the artwork and everything like that. So but um Jaira, do you have any last words before we um log out? Yes, I do. Um, I just want you all to know to be safe out there as always. Make sure that you um stay cyber free from criminals as far as making sure you protect yourself and um, just watch your surroundings. You never know who's watching. You never know who's keeping track of you. Make sure you um, try to keep a very, very low digital footprint online and uh, secure yourself. Also, 
make sure you learn something new every week just to um, make sure you stay cyber safe. Thank you. Thank Deja, you. You got anything? Um, no, just find some joy in the world and hold on to it. Mm. Wait, who should we be listening to? Um, I've been listening to Jay Worthy, so I recommend him. He's from, I think he's from like either maybe the Bay or maybe Toronto, I think Google might have said, but he's sweet. He's super misogynistic, but I like his flow a lot. Oh, and I like his beat selection. Worthy. He's he's a West Coast rapper. He he's very um reminiscent of like someone from the eighties. Mm. But he hates women. No, he just puts them to work in his business ventures. Oh man. Oh Jay Worthy. We hope you're gonna <laughs> pray for you and hope your heart can actually connect. I like Jay Worthy though. He's he is good. I like his music. DJ, you I think you put me on him. He's really good. Yeah, I'm glad you like him, but yeah. Hopefully he'll change. He has some <laughs> songs where he's not speaking on women at all that are really good. So yeah. <laughs> okay, well let's see. If they if they're not misogynistic, we'll we'll check them out. Or what about you, Brittany? Uh, nothing. Hope everybody has a good week. Um, next week, I'm hoping to talk to you guys a little bit about what's going on in Flint. But if you're listening, just, you know, keep your eye out for Flint. There's some things that are going on right underneath our noses of discussing COVID and discussing um, political affairs that are affecting Flint. Uh, we talked a little bit about it around this time last year. So just uh, take a look at Flint, Michigan and uh, see you know what what their story is absorb it and and keep them in your prayers and again like i said have a good week well i just want to say that i appreciate all of you all three of you and what you brought today was really really fruitful and um you know is just really valuable information so thanks so much for all of your stories you know for doing the research and pulling you know, together information that is useful to people. So thanks for that. It really makes the podcast worthwhile. And I'll just tell everyone, you know, hey, it's about to be a new year. And we just tried to do something a little bit different today. We did a, a live stream. Next week is going to be our hundredth episode. So, you know, keep listening, promoting, let people know. And from now on, we'll be going live. So folks can join us on a Sunday evening at seven o'clock. Or you can just catch us on the replay on all of our streaming channels. So you are listening to Piper Carter and Deja and Brittany and Jaira on Detroit is Different. And you can check us out on DetroitIsDifferent.net as well as all of the other amazing podcasts on the Detroit is Different network. You can check us out on social media, pc.podcast on Instagram. Also on Facebook, you can join us with Piper Carter podcast in our Facebook group. Ask us some questions, you know, let us know what you're thinking about the information that we're sharing. You know, we want to bring you into the conversation and bring you into the episode. So thanks for listening. Keep sharing, liking, and subscribing. And on our new YouTube channel, 
We have um, Piper Carter for the people. So check us out um, on our YouTube channel. You know, share that, subscribe, like, and uh, we'll be putting some more clips and interesting things up on that channel. And we hope you guys have a great week. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.